Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Previously on the On College Basketball Podcast. I feel like they're begging us to take Arizona. They top, might be. Top 15 team. Big brand, you giving them five and a half points? I feel like we're. I feel like there's some funny business going on. Fire, man. I I, I agree. It's. it's I feel like there's some funny business going on here. A few moments later. Watch this. Watch this. I'm gonna turn it around on him. Duke minus five and a half. That's where I'm at. You just you just just turned it around on him. Just flipped it over. Well done. Just flipped it over. They said, uh, that's what they said, want you to do. They want you to turn it around on them. So don't now, tell me, buddy. I know exactly what they want. No, 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 no. You did exactly what they want. Yeah, that's what they want you to think is that you think you're a that sheep. I do what they want, but you you're do a what sheep. Want. You're a sheep. You do exactly what they want. I mean, who's the independent thinker now? Larson tipped it. Love has it. Lewis slams it, and Arizona wins it. I was wrong. It's Gary Parrish. <laughs> Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, leaky black, and often, even more than sometimes, often mm. pick games totally mm. incorrectly, incorrectly with logic that doesn't hold up so well. Speak for yourself. Speaking for myself. This episode of the Island College Basketball Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. I think. Make every moment more. Matt Norlander is here with you. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. And don't forget to also subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel while you're here. All right, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, the biggest result from the weekend, that was Arizona's 78-73 win at Duke. I thought they were begging us to take Arizona plus five and a half. Yeah. I tried to I tried to identify funny business and then take advantage of it. Didn't work out so well. Norlander talked to you about uh, Arizona's win over Duke on the Island College Basketball Podcast not long after the final buzzer sounded late Friday. If you missed that, go find it because we're not going to spend a, a, a whole lot of time on that again today. Norlander already said uh, most of what he wants to say, and I don't have much to say uh, beyond what he's already said and yeah. beyond what I said on television, CBS Sports Network, late mm. Friday, which is that it was a, obviously a great win for Arizona. And mostly, I do think this is true, an inconsequential loss for Duke. It's a missed opportunity, sure. Like, it's a big win that you didn't get. But a loss to a possible Pac-12 champ, 
in the opening weekend of the season isn't going to hurt you long term if you duke. Either way, just a great event for the sport because two relatively young head coaches in charge of two of the biggest brands in college basketball decided that they were willing to test their teams in the opening week of the season in a true home road environment in the spirit of giving all of us an early season game worth watching. More coaches should do it. It was fun, and though Arizona won, it could have gone either way, evidence being that the score was literally tied with 47 seconds left. In the final minute, Arizona made more plays than Duke, so Arizona got a huge win. Duke is now 1-1 one one heading into the Champions Classic. We're going to get uh, more on that later. If you care, I did reward Arizona by moving up the Wildcats to number three in the top 25-1. and one. Duke is down to number four. Simply put, I didn't really want to punish anybody for being brave enough to schedule a big game this early. So rather than move Duke down into Arizona's neighborhood, I just moved Arizona up into Duke's neighborhood. That means Kansas is now number one, Purdue number two, Arizona number three, Duke number four in the top 25 and one. And if you don't like it, you can send me a tweet about it. And I'll just ignore. Deadleg, any additional thoughts on Arizona's win? At Duke. Well, first of all, I cannot take your ranking seriously after hearing that. I don't know how anybody could take this list seriously. Here's the problem. Now that I said that on Friday's podcast, it, every time I tweet, somebody says, I can't take this list seriously. That's so it. now, even more than normally, I'm getting trashed in my mentions by people who are just playing along. That is the beauty of it all. Absolutely love it. Uh, love how you also love how just like the stop sign in your neighborhood, you kind of blew through the stop sign right at the top of the show. Shouts to Nada. GP and I did not know that was coming. Well produced. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you got to see it first. Uh, it plays even better if you're watching as opposed to just listening there. One more time for the ones in the back. I was wrong. How about that? So Final four and one, I believe. I believe I went two and three and you went three and two. I, how dare you? I went four and one. The only game I got wrong was Tennessee not covering or Wisconsin not covering against Tennessee. Go ahead and check, check it again. Yeah, there was three and two in the Google Doc. I was like, this ain't right. I double checked. I so went does that four. mean I went? You went two and three. Yeah, that's correct. You went two and three. Well, it's better. <laughs> it's better than what I usually go. So let's, here's the thing with GP. He's having a rough go of it. The Duke thing happens. Mm-hmm. Who's the sheep now? It feels like it could be me. Uh, there's no could be about it. Feels like it's me. I'm not going to ask. Listen. If, if the roles were reversed, you'd probably demand a sheep noise in the first 60 seconds of the pot. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let it cook this week. See where we are on Friday's show. But if this happens again, your sheep noise is getting added to the board. I tried thinking for myself one time. You see what happened? Rumors I'll never the, think for myself again. Rumors in the chat, by the way, that uh, that I already have an insurmountable lead in the Final Four and run. I so, mean, probably. I'll never be at 500 again. So what we'll see about well, one we'll see about that. Uh, Two, you're, I know you're having a rough week, weekend with it, with that. And then we, we both had birthday party situations on Sunday. So we're coming into this pod. Listen, no shame in this game. I had a wonderful time with my, my boys and their friends, but my, my dumb ass decided to go to Ikea on Saturday, to buy my son a new dresser because he's a cute one. So I, every kid wants a new dresser for his birthday. He, well, no, he's got he trust me. The, the Hey, what do you want for your birthday? This is, this Man, is I've been bonus. dreaming about a new dresser. This is this is the bonus. OK, he's got plenty of good stuff that has arrived by now and later this week. But um, he did need a new dresser. So uh, I spent my Saturday. Oh, hey, by the way, you guys put your kids clothes like in like where they're supposed to go. 
that we aim for that to be the goal in our that's successful interesting. 60% of the time. That's interesting. You should, you should. Yeah. I should maybe get our wives on a zoom call, let them talk about how they plan to handle children's clothing. <laughs> you got it. That's a whole other thing. So, Oh, oh yeah. my wife owns a children's clothing store. Everything in that place. Immaculate. Walk into the kid's bedroom. Shit everywhere. Okay. <laughs> Always. No, it's a Sunday show. So what do you want from us right now? So Sunday birthday situation. We're coming into this. Uh, Organized, but a tad scrambled at the same time. Am I wrong? Buddy, there was a cobra in my front yard an hour ago. King. Not just a normal cobra. King cobra. Okay. As usual, GP just trying to one-up me. You know, I, it was years ago when I What did you up, do for your kid's birthday? I we went out, we went to a we went to a bounce house, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme party. It was a it was a great, great time. That sounds great. It was it was it was a tremendous time. Actually, it was it, it went off without without a hitch. But that being said, they're just running around for two straight hours, and I'm just making sure no one you know dislocates an elbow or scratches up a face and stuff like that. So I'm it, sorry, we had snakes at our house again. Like I had the I had the dead deer, I had the dead mice in the house. Now you got you got the king you got a king cobra. That's what they said. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't in any position to argue with them. It was the Magnolia State. Wildlife. I don't know. My wife found them somewhere. I don't even know where you find these people. They literally just show up at your house with a truck full of snakes. It's outrageous. Oh, I'm thinking this is in the wild, and we got another eight thousand dollar removal situation. Oh, no, 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 no. They brought. Say we paid somebody to bring a bunch of snakes to our house. What the hell are you doing? What kids like looking at uh, stuff? Know. Voluntarily bringing snakes. Yeah. No. No. Not even voluntarily. It is cost. You know, it's a good four hundred dollar. Yeah, deal. you opted in though. That's the point. Oh yeah, we but we paid we paid hundreds of dollars to have snakes in our house. I today. have to presume. These things aren't venomous. No, no, they are. Okay. Uh, okay. They okay. My wife. I don't, made, know, I don't were, even know how you would go about removing the venom. Okay. The guy was bragging to my wife. Let, let, let the record show. I was not involved in any of this. The guy was like, yes, ma'am. I have four venomous snakes. And she was like, well, we don't need those. We don't need you to bring those. Bring, bring the ones that can't poison anybody. Bring the ones that can't, even if something goes, we know, we know nothing would ever go wrong, but just in case something does go wrong, we don't need any kids dying of, poisoning in our at our house that's probably that's got to be but against some law i mean we're pretty loose with the laws down here in mississippi but that's got to be against something but everybody left here safe even the snakes things went well but uh buddy that's a long sunday it's a long sunday that's uh that's long by the way that dresser that i yeah. purchased and began putting together yeah it's not done oh, not quite, no, nothing's not, no chance no. i no. was i was just i was in it for a good three hours. Still not done. No. That'll be for tomorrow. Quick thoughts on Duke, Arizona. Just uh, to put a bow on it. Yes, had a Friday quickie episode. If you didn't listen, go back and check that out. As we said, as I said on the show, when these circumstances warn it, we are going to try this this season. Sometimes it will be Parrish. Sometimes it'll be me. But it'll be just one of us because the goal is we, if, if there's something that warrants it and we don't have a podcast the next morning or if it's kind of on an island, a result that we think that you would find interesting. And oh, by the way, everyone listening or viewing or whatever you, you found interest in it. So clearly there's an appetite there. Uh, one of us will hop on and do 10, 12, 14, 15 minutes max. I, and that's the, uh, that's the goal there. And, you know, kind of fulfill the podcast needs until our regularly scheduled programming again. So, so much of it was covered on that. Just two things. One, I mentioned on that, that I picked in my stream of consciousness, because I just went live, like off the top of the dome, no notes that I picked USC to win the Pac-12. And then Arizona fans came for me and came mocking me. I actually picked Arizona to win the league. I want to be clear. <laughs> on this. I had both of them in the top 10 and I did pick Arizona. So um, let's correct the record there. Arizona fans, please forgive me. And then number two was 
Caleb Love with Coach K courtside. Oh, by the way, Caleb Love. This is from Arizona's official recap of the game. Quote, when it was over, Arizona's players celebrated near midcourt with Love waving goodbye to the irate crazies and offering some testy words as big man Umar Balo extended his arms to blow them kisses. Caleb Love having now played a role in the in, in a significant role in the final game of Coach K's career the final home loss of his career, and now the first home loss of John Shire's career, to me, it puts him uh, potentially in the, what, the top five most all-time hated Tar Heels and Tar Heel affiliated players ever. I just thought that he was oh, the key player in the game, but that was a side plot that I didn't get to that I just uh, I found to be um, perfect for giving us another storyline in the opening weekend. Okay, listen, it is 100% true that Caleb Love played a role in Arizona winning this game. He had big plays in the final yeah, minute, yeah. the little bounce pass drop off. Four for four um, from the line. Like he was, he was a factor. Yeah, he was a factor. Okay. So Caleb Love helped lead a team to another win over Duke. That's hilarious that he did it while being Caleb Love is also perfect. <laughs> Three of 10 from the field. <laughs> I love it. He was, it was perfect. It was a perfect Caleb Love night. Three, shot 30% for the field, but since somehow impacted winning still. Good he, for him. He, and, and you know what? And, and all since I, I mean this in all sincerity, uh, you know, I don't care who wins or loses. It's an intriguing result. Uh, but the fact that Kate, like the, the game ends and Caleb's love's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm giving it to this fan base right here, right there, yet again. Kudos to you. Great, great game. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it tremendously. It's, it exceeded the hype. All right. So you and I agree that, and I, Nobody had a better weekend than Arizona. I mean, you you go to Duke, yeah. you beat a preseason top five team on the road. That, nobody's topping that. As I said on CBS Sports Network, I, I, I guess I doubt this will be true because somebody will beat Kansas at Kansas. Somebody will beat Purdue at Purdue, I guess. But, like, we could look up on Selection Sunday and, and go, that win Arizona got on that Friday, the first week of the season, was is the biggest win of the season or one of the biggest wins of the season. Um, so nobody had a better weekend than that. Here's my question for you. Mm -hmm. Give me three teams that also had good weekends. We're taking Arizona. We're crowning them. We're putting them over here. Give me three teams you think also had great weekends, and then I'll give you three of mine. All right, I'll give you three of mine. And we, uh, for those watching right now live, you get to vote in the poll question. I know four of these teams that we're going to talk about are in the poll, including two of mine. So I think it's two of mine and two of GP. So two of mine are Tennessee and AM that are in the poll question. Tennessee goes on the road, wins 80 to 70 at Wisconsin. It's a road win against a potential NCAA tournament team. Dalton Connect, he was lauded when Tennessee got him, but like you have to really be like you have to be into college basketball and really into the transfer portal. Like for the even the invested college basketball fan, Dalton Connect, who I ask you right now, if you're watching or listening, a trivia time at home, no cheating. Pause it for 20 seconds after I ask this and think and see if you can actually get it even after the season starts. Dalton Connect transferred from. The answer, of course, is Northern, Northern Colorado. Colorado. Of course. But I bring him up to say one, he had 24 points. It 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 doesn't seem like it's outside the realm of possibility he's going to have a chance to be a top five transfer of impact. If he's really going to give Tennessee this kind of dynamism on offense, and we'll see. You go on the road, you drop 80, and you're Tennessee, and it's at Wisconsin with the way that Bucky likes to play. I thought that was big. Santiago Vescovi only had five points in this game, GP, but Tennessee shot 59% inside the three-point line. Tennessee, a clear winner. Texas A&M. Similar road win, big six power conference team, 73 66. It was a three man attack. I mean, Wade, Wade Taylor, 
Tyrese Radford and Henry Coleman, you know, contributed 62 of, of AM 73 points. Um, Taylor was big and this game was happening like right alongside Arizona and Duke. So I had that game on, on the iPad where I had Duke on the multi-view and, and was keeping up. So I was not as dialed, dialed into this, but Taylor undeniably um, who, you know, I voted as a preseason uh, first team, all American, second team, all American. Um, he was big down the stretch and he helped carry them. Uh, he had 21 points for assists. Radford also had 21 points. Henry Coleman, the forward, to me, he's the one that might give AM credence as the SEC contender. I mean, 20 points, 11 rebounds, and only one foul in 36 minutes on the floor. AM navigated to that win despite three of 18 three point shooting. Again, a road, Ohio State. We'll see. It's a positive development. AM's next test at SMU on uh, on Tuesday night. And as for Ohio State, just a quick note, Bruce Thornton, he had 24 points. He He's going to be a big breakout sophomore, but he might need to average more than 17 points a night to give Ohio State a, a viable chance at keeping pace in the middle of the pack in the in the Big Ten. And the other one I'm going to say is Clemson. They won the Asheville Championship. They went uh, 2-0. They're 3-0 overall. They beat Davidson on Sunday, 68-65. After starting the game, down 19 to two after Davidson beat Maryland. We will get to Maryland in a little bit on the pod. Um, Davidson had three shots to tie the game to send it to OT with a triple missed all three uh, Clemson beat UAB and Davidson in 48 hours by a combined four points, but whatever Brad Brownell on the hot seat entering the season yet again, he's three, and know, off to a good start. PJ hall, Joe Gerard, big transfer from Q's chase Hunter returns. And then RJ Godfrey was good off the bench. So for me, three big winners, A&M Vols Clemson. Just real quick on Dalton Connect, Northern Colorado transfer, six foot six, uh, averaged twenty point two points and shot thirty eight point one percent from three last season on six point three attempts per game from beyond the arc. So he is an accomplished shooter. My point is, he's averaging twenty point five points per game right now at Tennessee uh, and shooting fifty four percent from the field and and like thirty percent from three. He's not even shooting the ball well right now from beyond the arc and still. I mean, he looks like he's Tennessee's best offensive player. Um, we know Tennessee's physical. We know Tennessee can guard. Their issues last season, we talked about it from November to March, were that uh, they just hit these games where they couldn't score enough to win. Like, What if Don Connect is the – and you never know. Like, he's really not doing anything that he hasn't already done in college. It's just you never know how it's going to translate from Northern Colorado to the SEC. Yeah. But he looks the part. Like, it, right now. We're talking in March on March first. Don't connect Tennessee's best player. Looks, <laughs> it's uh, I can't. I, it's on the table. How about yeah. that? And then it's and to me and listen, you know, you play Northern Colorado. Fine. This isn't a jump up. This to me, this is a two level jump. And for him to be that impactful right away, and there was good preseason buzz. This is not out of the. This is not out of nowhere. But he might actually wind up being the guy where it's like, well, damn. If Tennessee's going to have an offense with someone like this, then maybe things are changed. Again, we're early, but at least want to give him credit and give him some props for how he performed. That's a he's, really nice one for the ball. He's one of the ones where like. Alabama adds Grant Nelson. People get excited about that even before it happens. Gonzaga adds Steel Venters. People get excited about that, like when it happens. This one was more of, okay, he scored a lot at the mid-major level. We'll see. But to your point, once he got on campus and you start talking to people around that program or who had been around that program, his name kept coming up. He was one where the hype built in the preseason after people were able to see him you know, practicing with other Tennessee players. And he's been, again, terrific uh, through the first week of, of the season. Um, you know, he, he, 
he looks like he could be the missing piece to to maybe I'm not predicting it, but maybe Tennessee being the type of team that can you know go to a Final Four for the first time in school history. Uh, I got three teams. I'll put I'll do them in alphabetical order as well that had good weekends in addition to Arizona, and I'll start with BYU. I mean, this is a team that you're not going to believe this. I picked San Diego State on Friday in the Final Four and won. BYU was picked 13th in the Big 12. 13th. They're now 2-0 and with a win over San Diego State and up to 29th at Ken Palm. Now, now these two things aren't going to hold. You can't be top 30 at Ken Palm and then finish 13th in the Big 12. And you're not going to finish 13th in the Big 12 and be top 30 at Ken Palm. So they're not going to be both these things. But, but they are both these things right now. The team picked to finish 13th and top 30 at Ken Palm. Think about the Big 12. You're already the best league in the country in the computers, and now you've added Houston, which is second at Ken Palm, and BYU, which is 29th at Ken Palm. Dallin Hall, 6'4", sophomore. He got 18 points against San Diego State. He's a you know come-off-the-bench guy, averaged 7.2 last season. He's up to 12 points per game through two games uh, this season. Uh, BYU, like they could be the type of team that you look up on January 1 and they're ranked because they've got a record and a big win over San Diego State, and you look up in – on you know February seventeenth, and they're they are actually thirteenth in the Big Twelve because some somebody's going to have to finish down there, but off to a good start and worth keeping an eye on because where they were picked in the league by humans does not line up at all with where they are in computers right now. I only bring this up this next team because we had them on CBS Sports Network, so sometimes that's one of the benefits of being in studio. You are forced to pay attention to things that otherwise might be a little off your radar, um, so. You know, we've got a double header on Friday night, and it's Duquesne Charleston. And Duquesne beats them 90 to 72. Now, this is a Charleston program that won 31 games last season and is picked to win the CAA, although it's a different CAA. It is. Trivia Another trivia time at home. Pause it after I ask the question What is the new name for the CAA? Give yourself 15 seconds, see if you can get it, then unpause and continue the show. It was the Colonial Athletic Association. And it is now the Coca Coca Cola Athletic Association. It's not. Yes, it is. I think it is. It's not. Although, Lord knows, Coca Cola has enough if it really wants to go after it. Sponsor. Realignment of business and sponsoring. I believe it's the Coastal. Yeah. It I think it's Coca Cola. We're going to have to double check. Well, that. either way, I mean, I would check. I, I just think we should probably check that. Okay. I heard it was the Coca Cola Athletic Association. So Charleston is picked to win the Coast Coca-Cola Athletic Association. And Duquesne just beat them by 18. Trivia time. Oh, boy. When's the last time Duquesne was in the NCAA tournament? That's a good one. Uh, I want, there's a chance I might have. I don't know if I had this in my capsule or not because they. I'll say. I mean, it's been a hot minute, GP. I'm going to blindly say 97. You better blindly go back further. It is 92. You better blindly go further. Are we into the 80s? You better blindly go further. No shot. The 70s? 1977. Oh, Two months man. after Baby GP arrived, Duquesne was in the NCAA tournament. And they got in that year like by winning their league tournament. They sucked that year, too. They just got in. They pulled a Dennis Felton at Georgia. I thought you were going to give me... It was 77. Wow. Two months after baby GP arrived, Duquesne was in the NCAA tournament. Do you realize I was two months premature too, Norlander? I shouldn't even been alive 
when Duquesne was in the NCAA tournament, but I came two months early. Claiming that's your birth year, but I'm, I might need to see a birth certificate because I always thought you were 65, baby. 77. They said, the doctors told my mom, hey, he's only three pounds. He dropped down to two. He's in an incubator. He might be slow to develop. So you'll need to be patient with him. How's that working out for you? Look at me. <laughs> look, do I look slow to develop? <laughs> he might grow up to do peacock noises someday. <laughs> the doctor set my mother down. They said he might grow up to do peacock noises someday, but don't be alarmed. He's two months premature. I'm a sun devil. Yeah, exactly. He might think he's a sun devil. <laughs> my whole life, I thought, I thought, you know what? I came out of this okay. And then you have to look yourself in the mirror and be like, I do. I am a 46 year old man doing Sun Devil impersonations. Am I really all right? You tried to turn it around on everyone with Duke and Arizona and how that worked out for you. It just not many things are going my way these days. And and you want to know, you would have been one in four. I'm almost positive. This is the case. You would have been one in four. If not for you're supposed to pick against me in game three. And I think we picked the same and, and it was Miami and it covered. So it saved you. Like, I think you actually, well, how am I two and three and you're four and one? That doesn't make sense because we ha- we picked four different games. Let me bring it up right now. I know, but how could you be four and one? I'm bringing it up right now. If, listen, if I will, I will. All right. I, the, it was Arizona at Duke. The line was Duke minus five and a half. I picked Arizona cover one and oh, A&M at Ohio state. A&M was favored or a one and a half point dog. I picked A&M. It won the game outright, 2-0. Miami was a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I picked the Canes. They covered 3-0. Tennessee was a a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. I took the Badgers at home. They were a dog. They didn't cover. I'm 3-1. And And then BYU was a a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home against San Diego State. You took your Aztecs. I took BYU. The final score of that with a a one-and-a-half-point spread was 74-65. and Four and one. Give it to me. Okay, I went two and three. I went two and three. Nothing's going my way. But hey, maybe I'll be the Duquesne of the Island College Basketball Podcast. Maybe this is when I turn things around. Duquesne is up to 77th at Ken Palm. That's second in the A-10, just a few spots below Dayton. Dayton, as you know, going to be shorthanded the rest of the year. No Malachi Smith. Yeah. Duquesne hasn't been to the tournament since 77, hasn't won a league title since 81. Keith Dambrot might be on his way to taking Duquesne to a place it hasn't been since I was a baby boy. And yet that still might not be the pinnacle of Keith Ambrose's career for the young ones out there. The Duquesne head coach, who has been a D1 head coach 15 plus years now, used to coach Victor Wimbanyama. The, the actual answer is LeBron James, once upon a win. So I think it was there you Wimby. Go. There you go. I think it was Who's your Wimby. third winner? My Memphis Tigers. I mean, they went to Missouri 70 55 true road game with Rick Stansberry on the sideline. The Penny Hardaway up. still serving a three game suspension. That's that's true. Memphis got down double digits, stormed back. Javon Quinterly was terrific. And I just, you know, you got to lead the top 25 and one with something on Saturday morning. And I didn't want to write about Arizona Duke because we had that covered. I try sometimes to just find something other to write uh, something else to write about other than what I know is already being written about. So I said, okay, this will be an opportunity to write about Memphis because four years ago in year two of Penny Hardaway's college coaching career, he started five freshmen. 
And as far as I know, anybody can feel free to fact check me on this, but nobody has ever been able to find another example. And I haven't either. That he, when he started five freshmen, first game of his second season, the first time major coach in the history of college basketball to ever start, start five freshmen. People don't remember this. Even the Fab Five weren't the Fab Five until like either middle of January or February. They, they didn't start starting five freshmen until after the new year. Penny Hardaway did it in game one of year two, and I believe became the first head coach to start five freshmen in the opening game of a season in the history of college basketball at the high major level. On Friday at Missouri, the average age of his top five scores were 22.8. Javon Quinterly is 24, turns 25 later this month. Jordan Brown and Caleb Mills are both 23. Jordan Brown turns 24 this month. Jaquan Walton and David Jones are both 22. Memphis has two former McDonald's All-Americans that will be 24 and 25 years old on Selection Sunday. Has any team ever had multiple McDonald's All-Americans who are both 24 or older? <laughs> You've got four months to... to, to I'm just saying McDonald's All-Americans are never in school till they're 22. I, I can't imagine... Well, once upon a time, players sit a long time. I, I just don't think at that age it's ever happened before. But hey, I'd love to Two know. Two McDonald's All Americans, both twenty four or older, seems exceedingly unlikely. That we will be where they are on Selection Sunday. They will have, be have two McDonald's All Americans, both twenty four or older. Um, so you know now Memphis is two and zero. I moved the Tigers up to twenty one in the top twenty five and one. Alabama State on Friday. Then it's the battle for Atlantis. They start with Michigan there. Then they play either Arkansas or Stanford. And then on the other side of the bracket, it's Carolina, Villanova, Texas Tech, Northern Iowa. Probably you're hoping to go two and one there. Like you feel great if you come out of that two and one. Arkansas is there. Carolina's there. If you can come out of that two and one, you feel good, I think. Um, they got additional non-league games with Ole Miss, VCU, Texas A&M, Clemson, Virginia, Vanderbilt. But off to a good start. They looked the part. I don't know how much of it you saw, but they just looked big and old and physical. And like it's just contrasting. And a lot of times, and Penny gets bothered by this. I should say this. Penny doesn't like people always talking about DeAndre Williams is 27 years old. You know, when they did, he, he, he feels, he doesn't like people. He feels like it's mocking his players. It's, I don't think it's mocking them as much as just like, like stating a fact, you know, somebody's six foot two, somebody's seven foot one, somebody's a junior, somebody's a freshman, somebody's 19, somebody's 25, whatever. I actually think you should applaud if you're a Memphis fan, what Penny Hardaway has done. Too many coaches have not recognized that the game has changed dramatically. And yet here's a guy who went from trying to recruit the best high school players he could get and start them all at the same time to now. I don't want to say he doesn't want high school players. He did sign a four-star prospect just ain't on campus because he's facing nine felony gun charges. I'm not saying he doesn't want high school players anymore. I'm just saying to go from in year two starting five freshmen to Four years later, going to Missouri and winning with five guys being your leading scorers who are all 22 or older, it just shows the difference in approach and philosophy. And to bottom line this, I think this way is going to work better than the last way. I think this team's good. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're probably going to be on about that. You covered Memphis real quick on, on Missouri. Um, just an odd one. I did watch most of the game. Uh, I mean, this was just no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Win for Memphis and no doubt about it. Loss for Mizzou. Tigers walked in and just, they straight up kicked butt, dude. Uh, maybe it's going to take Gates a little bit of time here to determine roles and rotation. 
dude, Missouri scored 0.79 points per possession. That is putrid. And the anemia was aided by the fact they only had five offensive boards. So we'll see on the Tigers. I think Dennis Gates is a really good coach. And I expected them to very much be in the conversation to return to the NCAA tournament in year two for him after they got there with ease in year one. We'll see. Um, and then just to put a bow on it uh, with BYU, uh, Cougars had three guys off the bench in double uh, digits scoring, which was big. And then Fusene Traore, uh, he continues to be just really one of like the um, the more... And part of this was BYU wasn't great last season, but he does just so many things. Uh, he's a really, really fun player to watch for BYU. On certain nights, he's certainly the best player. And other nights, he can play like this uh, glue guy plus kind of role. Really, really awesome. And BYU just, you know, had the home court advantage. It was no doubt about it. That's why it took him to win and cover. That's why that's why I took him. But GP, he let his emotions and his personal philosophies about premarital course get in the way. And 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 it'll get you sometimes. Me, oh, I, separated, buddy. I separated it and I thought, you know what? BYU, that home floor, early season, all that pent up just you know what I'm talking about in the building. Yeah. It would, it would benefit BYU and then oh that, buddy. Hold it did. Oh buddy. I I you get you know you get caught up in it on a Friday sometimes. It's like man, I I love the Aztecs, always have. They love me, love premarital sex, always have. Here's a chance to pick the Aztecs and and support premarital sex all at the same time. It it it's like when you're at the Walgreens and they're like, "Would you like to donate a dollar to St. Jude?" It's like, sure, well, of course. How could I turn that down? You know, sure. Yeah. Make it five. Yeah. Same thing here. Would you, would you, this is what I felt like. I felt like I was at Walgreens and somebody said, would you like to support the Aztecs and premarital sex? I was like, yes, of course. See where that got me. Blew up in your face. Ooh. Ooh. No. All right. Time for the, no time for the break. Let's hey, go. Hey, 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 hey. Let's, that, that seems like a perfect time to get a word from our partners. <laughs> Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, dead leg. We've discussed Arizona, Duke, Memphis, Missouri, BYU, San Diego State, Duquesne, Charleston, Tennessee, Wisconsin, Texas A&M, Ohio State, and Clemson, UAB, Clemson's weekend in general. What else do we need to know from the weekend? 
All right. Uh, we can be quick on this whip around. The biggest loser is Maryland. Goes 0-2 in Asheville. Uh, two losses in two days to Davidson and UAB. Uh, credit to UAB. Was able to get a win. Eric Gaines had 20 points. Did well. Uh, Blazers had a 16-1 run at one point. Took a, took a big lead on him. Uh, Maryland was terrible from three-point range. Next up is ranked Villanova on Friday for the Terps and the Gavit games. This is the first one-and-two start for Maryland in a decade. Hasn't been one-and-three since 2000-2001. Ironically enough, they made the Final Four that season and got a three-seed after finishing third in the ACC. Maryland was a preseason top 25 team. We talked on our show a week ago where we tried to identify the maybe four or five or six preseason ranked teams that would be vulnerable to maybe not making the NCAA tournament. None of us mentioned Maryland, not saying it'll happen, but it's in the worst spot. Obviously it's not ranked in GP's top 25 and one. Um, that was the worst weekend, but there were also five bad losses of varying degrees for big six conference teams all at home. DePaul lost by four to long beach state, which is 122nd at Ken Palm, Notre Dame, Lost by 10 to Western Carolina, which is 147th. Oh, by the way, it, some of these teams aren't ranked well to begin with. Notre Dame at Kempom right now is 201. Okay. Louisville loses by Louisville right now, 175, doing better than I thought it was doing, but still lost at home by 10 to Chattanooga, which is now 172. LSU, the highest ranked of the group, 64 at Kempom. It lost at home. Uh, after rallying, Nickel State got him. Nickel State is 275 at Ken Palm. And then the fifth one is Georgetown. Georgetown right now sits at 177 at Ken Palm. It had the worst loss per ranking. Holy cross. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> and it just and beats Georgetown. Holy cross is 309 at Ken Palm right now. So those were the five teams from power conferences that took tough losses. Frischilla tweeted. Uh, in the midst of the DePaul game, he said that Tony Stubblefield used all five of his timeouts in the first 14 or so minutes. He said he could never remember that happening. One coach, used, and neither can I, using all five in the first 14 minutes. See, this is this is the thing where I, I don't, if I were the coach at DePaul, I would never use a timeout because I would just be trying to get the game over as quickly as possible. Different I wouldn't call any timeouts. This is why I love college basketball. Different styles make for different fights. And I hear you all, all, in, all in that. So how about this? DePaul, Notre Dame, Louisville, LSU, Georgetown. They all lose at home to mid-major opponents and bye games. Which of those five teams do you think is going to finish with the most wins at the end of the season? We can include any type of postseason, and this would probably be just league uh, postseason play. Who are you picking to win the most games, and what's that number going to be, JP? Well, it's not going to be Louisville. That thing. That's already... It was noisy already, and... It's bad. Keep talking. I'm going to bring up this Card Chronicle tweet. Uh, Mike Rutherford does a great job. He had a tweet. Go ahead. I'm going to read it. I'll read it in a second. Well, like somebody in the chat even said, like, you know, Kenny Payne has to resign. I don't know. He has to resign. But, like, we're going to get there pretty soon. They, they are in. Like, I'm not trying to pile on. But, like, they are embarrassingly bad for any power conference school, but especially Louisville. As a man who was raised on the Metro Conference, it is unimaginable that Louisville could be this bad at basketball. And as I wrote in the hot seat column a couple of weeks ago, it seems pretty clear to me that at the latest, right after this season is over, they will make a coaching change and they will wish they did after year one, what they should, what they, what they actually did after year two, they're going to wish they pulled the plug on this after we had one year. And you know what? Deep down, I guarantee you, they know they should have, they just, and this is the thing I got into conversations with people 
as February and March approached last year. Every conversation about Louisville went like this. So what do you think? What do you think about the situation at Louisville? Oh, it's bad. So they're going to do something? Nah. Why not? Well, you can't fire him after one year. You're well. If he has another bad year, will you do it? Well, yeah, of course. Is there any reason to think the next year won't be bad? Well, then if you're going to do it a year from now, and you are, what are you waiting on? Well, you just can't do it after a year. Okay. Well, here you go. Enjoy an empty yum center all all season, as opposed to you could have been getting on with it because you knew. This was not – it's one thing to have a – like Ed Cooley – whatever happens to Ed Cooley at Georgetown this year will never make me change this opinion. He'll get it figured out eventually. Give, give him – it might take two years. It might take four. Ed Cooley will win at Georgetown. I don't care. He could win zero games this year. I will say that at the end of the year because I believe in Ed Cooley. I've seen what he's capable of. Kenny Payne is a first-time head coach who has run a historically strong program straight into the ground to an unimaginable place. And I, there's just no scenario where he's going to pull out of this. That I, there, How about this? There's literally nothing that's ever happened since he became the head coach at Louisville that should make anybody think he's going to be a successful head coach at Louisville. And here's how bad it gets. Like you, you lose at home, and it's a no-doubt-about-it kind of loss. Um, you've got people sharing, like Peyton Siva, sharing a photo of like a packed yum center saying, this is what I was playing in front of no matter who the opponent was. This is Louisville basketball. He's right. And and he's right. And then Mike Rutherford did it, who has for a long time done a great job covering Louisville and cardchronicle.com. He does radio there. He tweeted, this is such an embarrassing waste of time, like in the midst of the game. And he's not wrong about that. Uh, I would like to see Louisville, please turn this around. I, I, I just have no desire whatsoever to, to continue to see Louisville flame out like this. We'll see. It was obviously a notable loss. My pick is going to be LSU. I'll say of DePaul, Notre Dame, Louisville, LSU, Georgetown. I had LSU ranked highest of these five going into the season. I'll say it's LSU. The nickel state loss was bad. Um, there's, I'll say LSU and I'll say it's, Matt McMahon is a good coach and did a really good job for a long time at Murray State, but you just never know. But I'll say LSU gets out of this season. I'll say that I'll give me 15 wins. Like that still seems reasonable. Um, that's my pick. What about you? All right, yeah, you know, the only sensible answer is LSU, just based on nothing more than like they they should be far and away better in the win loss column than the other teams we're grouping them with right now. Right? Yeah. I mean, they should it be. Should, it should be. Um DePaul just, you know, DePaul's off to a bad start. I mean, it just, it's, it's lost a couple of games already. We'll wait and see on that. A couple more, and then we'll wrap up and head to uh, the look ahead here. Virginia beat Florida, um, which was a nice win, but Tony Bennett lost his mind. I don't want to say he lost his mind. He just, he was ticked in a way you rarely see Tony Bennett uh, ticked off. It was 71-69 Florida. And I'm curious if you were following this, uh, let me ask you, and then I'll, I'll read that sequence. Were you following this in real time in the studio, GP? Like, were you aware of what was happening as this was going down? Because this was a very busy, like, 10-minute window as Arizona Duke was wrapping on Friday night. So I don't even know if you caught this or not. It, it, we have 12 TVs in front of us. Everything's on. You are also preparing to do a 30-minute show yes. and doing a 30-minute show. We can, we can lie. I mean, you can see enough to do highlights and discuss games for 20 seconds, 30 seconds at a time. But are we actually there watching the way it, it's hard because you've got a million things going on? But I do know what you're referencing. And to your point about Tony losing his mind in a way that you rarely see, trivia time. Okay. How many technical fouls Ooh. has Tony Bennett gotten 
Ooh. Since he became the head coach at Virginia. So did this prompt the crack research team at uh, at Network to look this up after he got one? No, I was Googling about this and okay. it popped up somewhere. He's definitely, I'm going to say since he got the Virginia job or period. The way it was described is he has now been the head coach at Virginia. Let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. This is year 15. How many technical fouls has Tony Bennett received as the head coach at Virginia? I'll say three. One. Wow. He that? doesn't lose his mind. Yeah, he did. And he didn't, unless I'm mistaken. And so, and so for people who didn't see what happened, you tell them. Okay, I will. And by the way, Nada, real quick, turn on your mic. Nadi, were you in, I think Nada was in the building for this. Nadi, you were there? I was there for that. The entire building was very, very confused because it went one way and then they stopped the game and then go the other way. Like Tony Bennett had a legitimate reason to be upset. All right, so it's Virginia's up by two with 55 seconds to go. They're playing Florida. Um, the officials thought the ball went off of Florida, but then it turned out it went off of Blake Buchanan. But the, the wrinkle to this is that um, the play-by-play table uh, had a view that showed Buchanan getting his hand on the ball. It winds up not mattering because Virginia wins the game. Um, but the, the color guy on the call is Corey Alexander. <laughs> who, for the young ones out there, was a really good four-year player at the University of Virginia in the early 1990s. Dude was picked in the first round of the NBA draft. And so he's turning his monitor around, helping the officials. It The call switches. And in the moment, like, Virginia's up two against Florida. And so then Tony, like, he steps out of the huddles. He takes, like, four or five steps toward the table. He doesn't go across the court, but he's he's, sell, he's saying, that's on you. You can't do that. Do your job. Here's from Mike Barber's story on Richmond.com after the game, because I do want, I wanted to bring at least a little bit of clarity to this. He said, um, Alexander explained that the official, Lee Castle, likely reacting to Alexander's on-air commentary, asked him if the officials had gotten the call right. So what's happening there, this is my words here, is the officials are hearing the television broadcast just because they're with an earshot, and then suddenly they're like, well, maybe we have another maybe we have another look at this. Alexander, this is the story continuing, Alexander answered what he believed was truthfully that the call was wrong. Castle then asked him if AC&C Network had an angle that showed the play. Clearly, Alexander told him that he did. At that point, Castle used the ACC Network monitor to review the play, which is not uncommon in college games, and overturned the call, awarding the ball to the Gators, and ACC spokesperson said officials are allowed to use courtside monitors to be able to see all angles of the play they are reviewing. Uh, Bennett admitted afterward that he lost his cool a little bit and that Ryan Dunn, who, by the way, had seven steals and is like has a chance to become DeAndre Hunter-esque. I love that dude. Um, he he was the one that was telling Bennett to calm down and and Bennett said, uh, usually you're telling the other guys. Um, <laughs> I wasn't even ready to move on. I needed a little more. Bennett was like, I still need a little more time. Um, he, but- said, he said that... Uh, Usually you're telling your players, hey, next play, that's over. And my players had to tell me, coach, next play, it's over because I was the one caught up in the moment. Correct. And he's got some of his dad in him. His dad was like that a lot. And he would readily admit that. But Buchanan, by the way, um, big time player. He had 18 points. They won the game. It was a, it was just a different kind of scene. Like you just yeah. you don't normally see that period, and then to see it happen against Virginia, and then against a coach like Bennett. Um, I at least wanted to highlight it because I, I don't know if we'll see something like that again the entire. No, season. I actually think this is something that this is one of those things where the way the rules are written, it's like you know, and you don't even think about it, and then something like this happens, and you go, okay, how could we avoid this? Because because now I I think I don't know this, but if I were 
television producers, directors, um, officiating crews, like the rules are the rules. And like you said, they are allowed to go to the TV crew. I would now have new rules in place. I would, I would want to talk to my people about this and figure out what's right. What are we going to do? What are we not? Because it's, I think it would be wrong of Corey Alexander if the refs are about to, if he can hear, okay, we're about to give this ball to Virginia and he's looking at a replay and he sees it should be Florida for Corey Alexander to go, Hey, Hey, I got a view over here. You guys need to look at this. I think you're getting this wrong. I think you're wildly out of line. Like it's none of your business. Stay out of it. You're there to call the game, not determine the game. My understanding of this and, and check me if I'm wrong is that they asked him, do you, ha- did we get it wrong? Do you have a view? At that point, he's just answering a question. So if you're a television network, do you want your announcers? Just, hey, if the refs ask you something like that, you just don't answer it. I, How do you I, handle that? Because we all agree what happened created an awkward situation because it's not just the color analyst making the – the <laughs> color analyst literally was the key to the officials overturning the yeah. call. And he's trying to give his – and credit to Corey Alexander. He's, he's just trying, trying to, to tell the truth. It's just he so happens to have played at Virginia in a game where this is affecting Virginia. But, but, the, but the fact that he is a Virginia alum made this – even more awkward than it otherwise would have been. Yeah. So I think we should look at as a sport, how do we avoid that? And I don't know if it's as simple as, cause I don't like this. You can go to replay, but you can't look at all the replays. Like that doesn't, that, that, that falls apart logically for me. So I guess I'm of the opinion. If, if television has a replay, you don't have look at it. Let's look at, Hey, we're all, that's what we're here to do. Look at it. Let's look at everything yeah. we got. I do think maybe if I were running a network, I would talk to my announcers now and I would say, if the officials come over and want to see our replay, we show it to them because they're allowed to look at it. But we are not going to talk to them. If they ask us, did we get it right? We we don't answer that question. If they ask us, what did you see? We don't answer that question. If they ask us, do you have a clear shot? We don't have one. You don't answer that question. If they want to look at it, they can come look at it. But we're not talking to them about it because we don't want to be involved. Yeah, well, I think that's where I would be. Maybe there's there's an interesting little area in between though, where often you'll have like the broadcasters need clarity on a call, and so right. officials will come over and they'll t- and you'll, the guys will take the heads they'll take the the headset off and they'll they'll hear what the what the officials is telling them so that they can communicate to the audience, which you still need to do, which is a little bit different, but it is an interesting uh, discussion. And you don't you're not going to see this a ton, but it's uh it's it's obviously notable. Good on Virginia for getting the win. Um, only other note that I wanted to bring up was South Carolina beat Virginia Tech also in Charlotte, 79-77. A nice building block victory for Lamont Paris. This was a Hall of Fame special kind of game. Nada was actually in the building for uh, for both of these. Um, Nada, we had a poll question up. I'm curious where we're at here. Who had the best, other than Arizona, which team had the best opening weekend? What are the results? Tennessee is barely beating everybody by thirty with a 37%. Uh, gap. Everybody else yep. kind of low, but 37%. Ten- everyone poll says uh, 37 right now. All right. Tennessee, I think I'd lean with that, given the way that they played and how they won. It was a, it was a good week for the Vols and a, and a good opening week across the board. So before we get out of here, let's look ahead to the next two nights on the schedule. Before we do it, though, let's get a word from our partners. So. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Fun two nights, you know, relatively speaking, on tap. On Monday, we've got Michigan State at St. John's. First big game of Rick Pitino's career at St. John's. Xavier at Purdue. What interests you in those? Well, I'm going to be at the Michigan-St. John's game. I'm going to take the trip down to the Garden. Um both these are Gavit games. A lot of what we're about to talk about here is Gavit games, which is going away. This is the last year of it, Big Ten versus Big East. Um, my understanding is the Big Ten is largely responsible for this ending as the league tries to determine if it's going to stick at 20 league games or go to 21 or go to 22, uh, which is a bummer because all I say is this. We've got some interesting stuff here to, to sidle up against the Champions Classic. If these are going away, just... You bet, we better have some replacement level stuff here in the second week because this has been a nice bonus in the past five, six seasons. It's just you get one or two intriguing ones, interconference battles. We'll wait and see on that. Um, with Michigan at St. John's, I want I, there's no word yet if John Howard's going to coach in this or not. I wouldn't be stunned if he actually decides to do it. He had heart surgery in the offseason. The goal was for him to be ready by the season opener. That hasn't happened yet. Um, my understanding from a source is that there's no word yes or no as of us uh, recording this podcast. Um, but if there's, no I was word, told he is targeting coming back this week, perhaps yeah, so as soon as for this game. No, no word isn't. A, uh, how about this? The huge t- news tied to a Michigan head coach that everyone just can't wait to hear about what's coming next is obviously Juwan Howard. So you heard it here first. He might well make his debut on Monday night. How about you? How many millions of dollars is Michigan paying people to not coach right now? <laughs> it's just. On the, I, I can't. We don't have. We we want to try and make it sufficient. Football coach suspended. Basketball coach is recovering. I know. I know. I know. Wild just, yeah. Well, Texas A and M beats him like six times overall together. With how about uh, Jimbo Fisher? Just unreal. My um, man getting eighty million dollars, not the coach. And how about how about how bad you got to feel if you Mississippi State? This dude went out yesterday, beat Mississippi State by like eighty, and they were like, Nah, that doesn't mean anything though. You got to go. It's re- normally it's the reverse. You right. got oh man, that was the game. That was the loss. That was the one that the straw that broke the camel's back. No, you, you look like Jimbo, Jimbo was like fired this dude. Jimbo probably walked off the field yesterday. Like all right, thirty point win. Let's go. Let's I got another thing. week in me. No, <laughs> let's let's get this thing turned around. What's wrong? Yeah, they're like now, buddy. You gotta um, go. You gotta go back to the garden. Uh, Gus Johnson, Bill Rafter are going to be on this call, so that's how you know it's big. Uh, this is the sixth time that they uh, that they've met these two teams, Michigan and St. John's. Michigan is one and four all time. Um, they've had a number of meetings at the Garden. Uh, they've met in, geez, they met in seventy two and they met in sixty five. Uh, just kind of cool. Michigan, by the way, Michigan has won ten straight games at MSG. Ten straight. We'll see if it can if it can keep that going. Um, intrigued to see what uh, what St. John's has in store there. They, they last played these two teams December third, two thousand, the BB and T Classic in Washington D.C. This is the first time St. John. This is Rupertino effect, obviously. Red Storm hasn't played a game this early in the season against any opponent at the Garden specifically since two thousand three. That's what Rupertino will do for you. Xavier at Purdue is intriguing to me, um, only because I want to see what Xavier looks like. Like we would expect Purdue to win the game. Um, how about this though? Xavier has won his last five games against Purdue. It's the second longest active 
winning streak for one team over Purdue? Active. Trivia time. Mm. Who has the longest active winning streak over Purdue right now? Power conference team. Is it my Indiana Hoosiers? It's not. It's outside the Big Ten. Oh. But signals in the chat, Indiana might be in trouble, but we'll wait to the end of the show. We'll see if we can. UMass Lowell, maybe? Not UMass Lowell. Hmm. The answer? Is it Fairleigh Dickinson? How about this? Is it up to you? It's not. It's the John Wooden connection. John Wooden. UCLA. UCLA is one. Second best coach in UCLA history. Second best coach in UCLA history has uh, has contributed to an eight game active winning streak for UCLA over Purdue. That's the longest one. Why would he do that? That seems disloyal. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Purdue that's, that's, a, that's what people always used to say about Coach Wooden is you couldn't trust him. <laughs> Purdue has won 26 straight regular season non-con games. That's the longest streak by a mile in the country right now. We'll see if it can keep it going. Um, You're not going to put Purdue on upset watch, are you? I'm not. But by the way, Sean Miller, Matt Painter combined with almost 900 total wins. So that's a really, really intriguing one in terms of what Xavier's going to look are like. Are they the two best coaches not to make a Final Four? Uh, well, Painter won the poll that we did for candidate coaches this season. Um, Miller was like top four in that. So yeah, there's there's uh, there's something to be said for that. So we'll we'll keep an eye. Uh, Michigan, by the way, Olivia Kamwa, Will Cheddar, they've been really good. Michigan's been good to start. We'll see if they can step in and have a really. They have they've played well and exceeded expectations, even giving considering the opponent. What are your thoughts on Monday's matchups? Well, um, looking forward to Michigan St. John. Just looking forward to Rick Pitino in a big game in the Garden. Like that's awesome, right? Just that alone. Whatever happens after the ball's thrown up, whatever. But you get mm-hmm. Tino walking in the garden for a big game. That's going to be terrific. And then, yeah, like, listen, Sean's great, but Purdue's a Final Four contender, a Big Ten favorite. At, at home, you're supposed to handle this. I don't want to say no problem, but uh, if Purdue's in a game with under four to go, then then something something's gone wrong somewhere. They, they should have that wrapped up by then, but we'll see. On Tuesday, Champions Classic. Duke, Michigan State, Kansas, Kentucky. Those are the matchups. Duke and Michigan State both lost. I know. Last week is favorites. You ready for this? Late Tuesday. And this is one of those things where I'm going to say it and you'll go, well, of course. (laughs) That's how this stuff works. But I I think it's neat to hear it out loud. Late Tuesday, either Duke will be one and two after being ranked in the AP poll, number two. Duke will either Duke will be one and two after being ranked second in the AP poll late Tuesday, or Michigan State will be one and two after being ranked fourth in the AP poll late Tuesday. That's where we're at. One of these teams is going to bed Tuesday night, one and two, unless the team that loses decides to stay up all night. You Duke loses to Michigan State, you go crazy and drop them all the way to number six. I might drop them down to five and a half. Okay. I just didn't want to punish anybody. I didn't want to punish. Do if I. I had an option. I could move Duke down to Arizona's neighborhood or Arizona's up to Duke's neighborhood. It was a tie game with 47 seconds left. I had some guy in the mention say, <laughs> you can't be the fourth best team in the country and lose at home. Well, yes, you can. It, that, that that happens. And if you lose at home in a game that was tied with 47 seconds ago to the team that I now, I'm now saying is the third best team. Why can't you be the fourth best team? And here's the thing, either way, that everybody forgets about this when they're talking about what you can't be and what you should be and what you can't be. You ready for this? You can be anything I say you are because I'm in charge. You just turned it around on him, didn't you? I can do whatever I want. You turned it around on him. All right. People, people constantly asking me, how can Tennessee – 
be 13th because I said so. I just can't take that list seriously. Because I said so. That's the answer to every one of your stupid questions. Yeah, how's that, I said so. yeah, how's that working out with your children and their clothes all over the place? Yeah. They said they told my mom I might not develop properly. But now look at me. I'm telling anybody who tweets at me the reason this thing is the way it is is because I said so. Let's let's hit both these games real quick. Duke, Michigan State first. High stake stuff. You know what it is. Would you argue that game's more important it, than the than the second game because it, like these it, yes these two teams have both lost already. They, they've both lost and uh, and and while you are correct about Duke losing at home to Arizona shouldn't be a ding. That's correct, but these things can compound. And so if if a Michigan State loss comes, then it's it's you know the oh whole I think it's are you up. ready for this? The man with the who has the biggest night on tap Tuesday night, mm. John Shire. The, Here's the deal. Yes. Go ahead. Tom Izzo can lose this game, and, and people will be like, I know. man, I can't believe we're one and two. Right. But it's Tom Izzo. He's been to 25 straight NCAA tournaments, which is the third longest streak in the history of college basketball. Not for a coach, but by an entire school, and this guy's got it. All right? He's a Naismith Memorial Hall of Famer. People can be frustrated with Tom Izzo, but they will not question him. I mean, they, you know, I'm sure on a message board somewhere, but like Tom Izzo for the most part is above it's Tom Izzo. Relax. All right. They, they, Hey, I promise you, you can find plenty of times when Tom Izzo lost two games before November 15th and it worked out. Okay. If Shire loses, this will start to pile up in the short. You got all these, you got all these five stars back. You bring all these five stars in. You didn't do what you were supposed to do last year. And yeah, we've explained why, but now here you are. You're ranked second in the country. And now you're one and two. What are we doing? Yeah, I won't agree with that. It sent, but that whole freak out, I think it's silly and premature, but it, it won't stop it from happening. It will not. That is, that is going if if it does happen. We'll see if it does. Um, Joe correctly points out in the chat that the rebounding was an issue. They got better as the game went along, but the rebounding uh, an issue um, for Duke, uh, particularly against Arizona, Michigan State. We'll see if they can come aggressively, and uh, and I think that's got a I think that's got a good chance of being a good game. That being said, um. Will will Duke have you know? Will they have some more consistency out of Tyrese Proctor, out of Jared McCain, uh, Mark Mitchell? Actually, I thought you know, all told, we didn't know he started you know coming off the ankle. I thought it was I thought it was fine there, but you know, the, some tweaking and a quick turnaround. We'll see on that. Michigan State again, not shooting well for at all. It's I think what did I say? Two for thirty-one, something like that. Like it hasn't shot the three ball at all. Well, uh, after being a good one last year, we'll see on that. Then you've got Kansas versus Kentucky. Uh, GP, I don't have the schedule in front of me. Is that uh, the way we're talking about these? Is that how they're going to be played? Is is it Duke, Michigan State first, and Kansas, Kentucky? Do you know? I believe that is the order. Yes. Um. By the way, all these teams in Champions Classic—they're all within their all-time records. Kansas and Duke are seven and five. Kentucky, Michigan State are, are five and seven. Duke, Duke, Michigan State—that's seven o'clock Eastern inside the United Center in Chicago, and then that'll be followed roughly at nine thirty Eastern by Kansas, Kentucky. And so, with Kansas and Kentucky here, uh, we get uh, first of all the uh, the backdrop of Kansas getting what fifteen losses uh, wins vacated. Uh, Kentucky took the lead uh, on the all-time wins list from an official capacity. So uh, UK is at 23.79 and Kansas is seven behind at 23.72 uh, because of the 15 that got knocked off. Um, so you've got that going for you, Kentucky fans, which is nice. Uh, Kentucky leads the all-time series against KU 24 to 11. These teams have met 11 times in the past 13 seasons. It's awesome. It's great that one way or another, although we'd love to have it in 
Rupp and Fog Island every single time. We've had plenty of, of those in, in hostile environments. And then you obviously get the Champions Classic here. Kansas has wins over North Carolina, Central, and Manhattan. It's looked really good. Those teams both projected to be terrible this season. Now you get a, a real good look at Kentucky. All right, Hunter Dickinson, big stage, Chicago, United Center. What do you got? McCullers back. Um, I'm intrigued to see El Marco Jackson, the freshman, and what he's able to do playing alongside the likes of Dewan Harris. Plenty of intrigue there. And just as much on the other side with Kentucky has opened against wins against New Mexico State. And Texas A&M Commerce, both easy wins. Commerce was up early in that one, but Kentucky blew him away and pulled it out there. All right, what do we got from DJ Wagner? Justin Edwards, Rob Dillingham. You know, these these freshmen, Reed Shepard, those are the young ones. You've got Antonio Reeves back in the mix. Um, you've got Trey Mitchell that's going to be playing. And uh, one more just a thought, a thought bubble for you here. What's noisier? Michigan State 75, Duke 71? Or Kansas seventy five, Kentucky sixty three. What's noisier? Would it be would it be more on Cal, or would it still be more on yeah. Shire in that situation? Yeah, like like so. Run me through them one more time. Duke loses by four to Michigan State. Kentucky loses by twelve to Kansas. They're both loud. I know they're both. I'm just which I would. I think I think I feel like. Duke is still louder in that situation. I do too. Kansas is preseason number one. If but you're Kentucky, yeah, it's just like they're not going to have any. We lost to the number one team in the country. Yeah, but they're they're not they're not here for it, and I don't blame oh, them. I they are not here at all for Kentucky showing up on Tuesday night at the Champions Classic on the biggest stage in the sport for the entire week. And I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm saying if it happens, like if it's 77 to 63 and Kansas rolls away with it, like it's it's immediate. It's we're not dealing with this again. I'm not saying it's a Jimbo Fisher no. situation, yeah, but yeah, 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 they're, they're way past that point. They they are both noisy but i i think this like if you're a kentucky like if kentucky loses even by double digits against kansas kentucky fans will be frustrated calipari he'll he's lost it never get it back you know there'll be a lot of that going on um the rest of the country will make kentucky jokes ha 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 it's always fun to watch kentucky get blown out like that'll be a thing but it'll it'll sort of just be that it's more problematic, I think, if you're John Shire, because what people will then say is, hey, Kentucky lost, sure, by double digits, okay, but it played the number one team in the country. They got all these freshmen. It's early. Mm-hmm. They were, they, you know what Kentucky did? You know what Kentucky was supposed to do on Tuesday night? They're supposed to lose to Kansas. So they lost to Kansas. Duke's going to be favored in this game. And if Duke doesn't win it, Duke will then have two losses to two lower ranked teams as favorites. And the season is nine days old. That's a problem. It's not a big problem that can't be fixed, but it is a problem if you're trying to get fans to stop questioning questioning you because it, it is undeniable. John has done everything he could possibly do off the court to set himself up for success in terms of recruiting and organizing and all of that. But you got you to gotta do the job on game day too. I think he can. I know you can think he can. Like we both have Duke as legitimate final four contenders. And, and let me be clear. I don't care what happens to, I mean, I do care what happens Tuesday night, but regardless of what happens Tuesday night, it won't make me change any big opinions about Duke, but it won't stop people from saying John Shire, bunch of great recruits again, but now he's one in, you know, now he's yeah. one in two with two and he's been favored in all three games this season. 
but he's lost two of them. Like that, those will be the little things that people start saying that that yeah, will happen. You're right. And, my, and that could prove to be wasted calories. We'll see. Uh, just a, just a tremendous doubleheader. There's, there's compelling stuff with all four of these teams, which normally is the case, but this feels honestly, this, this feels about as good and intriguing as we could possibly get. And Tuesday is actually loaded. All uh, three other games just to real, real quickly hit on. They're all Gavits. You got Marquette, Illinois. The, the intrigue there is that Tyler Kolick twisted his ankle in Marquette's win Friday. Um, Unless something has been updated in the past 90 minutes, his status is still unknown in, in terms of his availability. Uh, him not playing, it could literally be the difference between Marquette winning or not on the road against Illinois. Uh, that's a really fun, fun, fun matchup. If that's your number three option, then that's a really, really good game. Colic or no Colic. Iowa's at Creighton. Uh, it's their first meeting in 12 years. Obviously, geographically, they're relatively close. Peyton Sanford of Iowa's been averaging 19 and 10 and a half through two games. Keep an eye on him. Creighton going to be expected to win, but get a good look at Creighton against a power conference opponent. And and then Wisconsin at Providence. Bucky now goes on the road after having a good chance at home. Another power conference opponent. Kim English with his first big test. We'll see how he does in the cozy confines of the dunk. And we'll see what Providence can do there. So Gavit Games, you know, holding plenty. There's some, there's some good stuff there. And, uh, and Tuesday night will be loaded. We will be coming at you with a ton to talk to bright and early 9 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Kim Pom has it if you're interested. Duke 71, Michigan State 68. Kansas 75, Kentucky 71, Illinois 73, Marquette 72. Mm-hmm. So Kim Palm's got Illinois projected to beat Marquette largely because the game is being played at Illinois. And then Iowa at Creighton. Kim Palm has that Creighton 85, Iowa 76. I will say with Creighton, uh, we all had Ryan Kalkbrenner as a preseason All-American or at least All-American candidate early through two games. He's Creighton's fourth leading core <laughs> early. Early, early, early. And, and defensively, his impact can't be. Yeah. 11 points, three and a half rebounds. Trey Alexander, tw- 20.5 points, five point rebounds, 4.5 assists. He's been awesome. At Marquette, obviously, the Tyler Kolick situation should be monitored. My little homie from Memphis is off to a nice start. Cam. 21 and a half points, shooting 56% from the field, 50% from three, 87.5% from the free throw line. That's a proud ECS graduate representing the Bluff City proudly in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Cam Jones. Cam Jones. I got one more pot update before we get out of here. Let's go. Shouts to Leaky Black. Got his first NBA bucket on Sunday. Playing for the Hornets. Playing for Nada's Hornets. Nada. If he'd have done more of that last season, maybe they could have made the NCAA tournament. Nada, real quick. uh, Did did Leaky score more than two? I don't have a box score. I just know that he scored. I know he scored a bucket. Did he finish with two points? He finished with two points. All right, there we go. Shouts to you, Leaky Black. Whatever. Got two points in the NBA game. Good on you playing for the hometown team. Hey, it's two more than you got. <laughs> two more than I'll ever get. I'm not willing to say I'll never get one. I'm willing to say it. I'm not willing to willing to. Have you, you seen the Grizzlies lately? That, you try and turn that one around on them. See how that goes. I could end up playing for the Grizzlies before this is over. <laughs> Is there like a is there like a point zero zero one percent part of you that's like you walk in, you do your daily show, you do it right there in the arena, and you're like Man, things really go if they go wrong, like and they keep going down the list here. You, you're like it's like uh what was that show? Designated Survivor. Yeah. They, they, there's a list somewhere out there of like the number three hundred and fourth person that's in line for the presidency. Is that what you're hoping for? Do you, is there a tiny part of you that fantasizes about that? Because I'll tell you what, I'd love to see it. There is a part of me that fantasizes about that. I thought you were about to ask me if I'm worried about losing my job. No. <laughs> okay, because I was like who do I look like? Jake LaRavia? <laughs> no, I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying Yo, we just we need we need a twelfth guy. Like we just gotta have someone. We gotta have someone that we can put a uniform on here. I would at least keep it light, you know. 
and I'd and I'd I'd monitor things. Like if somebody tried to go live on Instagram with a pistol, I'd be like, no, 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 we can't do that. Can't do that. That's true. So I I would bring value. I mean, I don't know how much I'd help on the court, but I feel like I could. You know, certainly if we've ever gotten to an extortion situation, I'd be able to handle that. I'd probably be better equipped to handle that than say Bismack Biombo. But you never know. We're rapping here, by the way. Listen, we we program the show as best we can to a wide audience. I didn't, and I think the Hoosiers are going to win. But as we wrap here to our live audience, it's fifty six fifty two with eight forty five to go. Hoosiers are up against Army. So, oh, but they're they're a blue blood program, Norlander. They'll be fine. They should. I think they're going to pull it out. But I at least want because the chat was buzzing about it earlier. I at least want to acknowledge like we we are aware, and I was following. But this show is going to wrap before we can. If we can get, how about this? How about if Indiana loses? Um, in about I come back now, and do 15 Paris, minutes Paris live by myself. Paris, <laughs> if Indiana loses, Parrish hops on, does the 15 minute solo pod, and we get that. <laughs> what would be better than me, half drunk on a Sunday night in a baby Billy shirt, doing 15 minutes on Army over Indiana? <laughs> oh my gosh. But I'm not worried about that. Indiana's a blue blood program, they're not going to lose the Army. I mean, that's crazy. And I know what somebody's thinking. GP, they ain't even finished in the top 25 at Ken Palm since 2016. And I hear you. And then somebody else is probably yelling, they finished three games back at Purdue last season. What are we doing? And I'd be like, listen, I know, I know. And then somebody else is probably about to jump in the chat. I know how the chat works. Somebody else is probably about to say, GP, Mike Wilson's been there two years. They've underachieved relative to preseason expectations both years. I know. But it's still Indiana. I mean, my God, it's Indiana. I'm here for you, Hoosier fans. You're gonna pull this out. I got you with the. I got you with the an eight point win. Feeling good, heading home. Yeah, I, I'm sure they'll pull Most it out. We're gonna listen to this on Monday, and this is gonna be well in the rear view. Who knows how this is gonna go for me? Oh, I. They'll pull it out. They're fine. Indiana's fine. Let's shout them. Like they're gonna be. I mean, am I? Am I certain they'll be the second best team in the state of Indiana this year? I'm not certain, but I. I'd still bet on it. Let's go. And I know there was a time where Indiana was like the king of Indiana. Like, it'd be crazy to even talk about anybody else speaking. But we ain't there right now. We ain't been there in a while. Let's go. But uh, I'm sure they'll be fine. It's a blue blood program. And you don't, I know they haven't finished in the top 25 at Kimpom since 2016, but you don't have to do that to beat Army. You should be able to beat Army anyway. I suspect that they will. If not, see you in 20 minutes. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M.F. and Teagle, Legend. Shouts to Huck. Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to Uncle Baby Billy. <laughs> you don't know Uncle Baby Billy. I'm unfamiliar. That's Uncle Baby Billy. Righteous gemstones. Oh, you know what? That's on the to-do list. I recently, I just finished um, like four or five nights ago. The Last of Us. I, 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 I'm, I'm aware. I'm like seven months behind. Mm-hmm. But I watched it. Good. It was good. Great, great stuff. Enjoyed yeah. it. I thought that it was a, a, a one season only kind of thing. And then the way that that episode ended, I was like, this is how this show is going to end. So then I did the Google. And I was like, nope, there, there, there's going to be a second season. I was like, okay, that makes more sense there. If you've not yet watched The Last of Us, I thought it was good. Put it this way. And this is going to be a, a, a minority opinion. A lot of people love The Leftovers. I was fine with it. I enjoyed the first season of The Last of Us more than The Leftovers. And they're not exactly the same, but they're kind of... Kind of in the same realm there. I thought The Last of Us was better. I really loved it. Pedro Pascal, dude's awesome. And him and the 
um, the, the girl who uh, was was in it with them. I thought that it was tremendous. Good Sister stuff. Jean. Not Sister Jean. So anyway, that being said, I have not yet gotten to the Righteous Gemstones. I will do so. Uh, I'll do so eventually. Plenty of show on television. Well, he's awesome. Uncle Baby Billy? Well, no. Danny McBride. Walton Goggins is an is just phenomenal actor. If you've Hilarious. never seen him Justified, just incredible. Hilarious. And the Shield. Walton, I'm all in on Walton Goggins. Spot Walton. Dude, Goggins. him as Baby Billy. Like, if the only thing that prevents him from being a superstar is just enough people don't watch that show. He is hilarious. The whole show is hilarious. You'll love it. I can't wait to watch it. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple, Spotify. More of us than there are of them. More of us than there are of them. The Last of Us is a different show. Oh, I forgot to mention Northern Arizona got destroyed by Grand Canyon. 89.55. That was part of the whip around. Destroyed. We needed to know that? I just felt like it needed to be brought Maybe yeah. we needed to know that. Like Deadleg said, we're going to talk to you Wednesday morning. What's the plan? Well, you. Well, then let's. That's the plan. Deadleg says that's the plan. We'll be back Wednesday morning, unless we're back. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs>